What up out there? You're now listening to the Role Models Podcast, where it includes me, Monkey Boy, the Mighty Shields, and you got Derek the Kid. Derek, say what's up. What's good, people? What's good? It's been a minute. Y'all ain't heard from us for a little bit. And, you know, that's just because we are running, I think we're running two podcasts, you know, trying to get this YouTube thing going. We are both pushing on social media real hard. Obviously, we life gets in the way. And I think we had went over this a little bit in our last episode, but uh, we uh, we made the executive decision to make this a bi-weekly podcast. Uh, that that way that we're not under the um, the, you know, the, unnecessary pressure or weight to, you know, kind of pump these out with all the other stuff we got going on. Salt Happens is still going to go on every week. That's our big project. And this is this is kind of like this here, Role Models, is something that I think me and Derek really wanted to do for a long time, and we can't just let it go. I mean, obviously, we, all, we both got stuff going on. But, uh, yeah, man, it's just, you know, when you have two creatives and, and on Salt Happens, five different creative people, Sometimes you got to make a little bit of a sacrifice, not necessarily saying this is a sacrifice, but you know, it's, it'll work out better for us for, for the moment. And we'll go back to weekly podcasts. Hell, we might even go to two podcasts a week. You don't know. We don't know. We don't know where we stand right now. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, to, to piggyback off of what Mike was saying, yeah, we both have a lot going on right now. Uh, on top of that, like, I know Mike's feeling this, but for me, I'm just saying, feels kind of close to a burnout. Like, on on both aspects, where, like he said, we're we're recording role models Saturday night, and then to jump into, or I'm sorry, salt happens Saturday night, and then to jump into role models the next day. That that kind of burns out. So bi-weekly gives us more time to actually get ourselves centered and be able to bring you that new hotness every time that you listen to us. Yeah, and be aware, because this is going to be moving for moving to a bi-weekly podcast um, for the moment, like for the time being, there's going to be some old topics that we bring up, but there are also going to be some new. So um, there's some stuff that went down at Evo that I want to talk about. Uh, we'll get into that later. But uh, but I think to tie into our first topic, um, and it ties into what we were just discussing, like when creatives get together and they have creative differences, um, I think it's, it's good for a project or people on the project to kind of take a step back and re uh, realign themselves, re like go over what they actually want. And I know what salt happens. I'm a big proponent in like every week. I'm like, hey, what do y'all want this to be? What do y'all want this to be? And I shouldn't. And I know that's kind of like a nagging wife kind of, but you know, I just see so much potential in all of us, and I want us to achieve that. And that's where I'm coming from. And I will not allow y'all to fail. I mean, that's just me. That's how I'm built. But um, yeah, man, I think when you have creative differences, you know, you, you have to reassess where your desires or where your dreams lie. And I think uh, Derek can kind of chime in on this as well, but it's just, you have to look at the bigger picture, but be realistic about what you're capable of right now. Yeah. Um, 
one of the things, a good example of this is that uh, for most people, for most of you Halo players out there, uh, the 343 creative director, Tim Lingo, has departed from 343. Uh, what that means in general is this man was the mastermind. He was the guy that was like, you know what, this is how I see my vision. This is how I see that it wants to go. And then we just go from there. Um, he, he decided to depart due to some creative differences. And on top of that, he, he's been with the company for like five years, a good solid five years. He's worked for uh, Crystal Dynamics and LucasArts, but I guess 343 was kind of like his, or Halo was kind of like his baby in, a, in an aspect ever since they departed from Bungie. So what that mean, what that could possibly mean for the game series, saga, whatever you want to call it in the future is that there could be a lot of different visions for this game. Now, granted, it's not going to impact Halo Infinite, but it could possibly impact later installments of the game if they decide to continue. Um, I, for one, was a big Halo fan before they jumped over to 343 uh, when they were still under Bungie. Um, that's, in fact, how me and Mike met was through Halo before they left Bungie. But, I mean, for for most gamers, they know the creative style for different, direct, or for different games, different narratives, things along those lines. So I'm just curious to see how that's going to play out. On the same breath, uh, the developer for Dragon Age 4 also left Bioware. Uh, Fernando Mello, he's been there for 12 years. That's a good, solid 12 years. That's a decade of his life. The man has given me, I, granted, Mike may have never known this, I played Dragon Age. Dragon Age was a really good game. And for him to leave, that's it's kind of difficult because I like the way that he had everything set up. I like how he, he pieced everything together. He kept it pushing. Like he was like, you know what? We're gonna make some small tweaks, but they're gonna be good ones. And to hear that he's leaving, that's, that's kind of odd because now who's gonna be the one to, to tie everything together, especially after uh, 12 years of, of great service, of great direction and, and things along those lines. How is how is this going to play out for them? Is there going to be any more Dragon Ages after four? Yeah, which which is really big. And I and I actually love the Dragon Age series, and I had a lot of fun with Inquisition. Um, that being said, it did get a lot of mixed reviews, um, just because it wasn't. Uh, I think what was it Inquisition and the Dragon Age. Two was it? Got a lot of uh, a lot of mixed reviews, and to, in my opinion, I not really that deep into the Dragon Age, like what it was before, you know, Dragon Age Origins. I just know that I love Dragon Age Origins, Dragon Age Two, and Inquisition. It's like those are games went for me, and I, I as a casual fan, I don't need anything much more than that. I just wanted a medieval Mass Effect, really. Um, True. But 
I think it's a it's a telltale sign that the way that games are going and the way that these major companies are trying to push these games to you know to monetize every single thing, I think they it's starting to get to the conscience of some of these directors and writers, um, especially when you have a certain way you want to design a game, and the the big you know the big big wig wants to do the opposite you know uh ea is a big offender in that and um yo yeti of the salt happens podcast he's gonna be shitty that we're talking about halo without him but yo halo infinite i had no desire to go back into halo after i played you know halo 4 and halo 5 even halo reach it just it just felt like it wasn't it, it didn't feel like halo to me anymore um but with uh, you know with in relation to this guy leaving there's also new servicing about halo infinite having like these extra microtransactions and like um like it's going to be adopting like the games as a service model Mo- yeah. kind of like uh kind of like warframe so to speak dude the last thing i want from from a halo game and yeti argues with me about this all the time I do not want an open world Halo. I do not see any value in that. And that's just me. Um, I wouldn't see, I would feel the same way if it was Call of Duty. You know, I don't want, that's not, that's not what that game was or meant to me. And maybe I'm in the minority in that regard. Uh, Because we have open world Halo in the form of Destiny. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, go ahead. And I feel like that's Bungie's new halo, so to speak. I mean, I will say this much to touch on one thing that you did mention, like all these gaming companies now wanting to monetize everything. EA, like Mike said, is the biggest offender of them all. They want to monetize everything from the fact that you can buy skins or power-ups or something along those lines, all the way down to you're having to pay for like extra stages, extra levels, uh, premium content. That shouldn't be something that you have to pay for. That should be something that's already included in the game. Mm -hmm. It should be unlocked when you actually go out, play the game, do what you're supposed to do. Like small achievements. Oh, headshot this guy uh, from 120 meters away. If you do that, you get like this power up or this gun or something along those lines. It shouldn't be pay us for this power up, this gun, this skin, whatever, because we know you want it. Make people work for it. Don't yeah. don't sit up there and give them an easy way. Oh, I'm gonna just pay for it because then that takes away from the experience of the game itself. Me and it, me personally, I remember when best example, and I know this is gonna be pretty much repetitive, but Halo, when we had to get the what was the armor that we had to get that we were uh, the Hayabusa armor. No, what I'm that, so sick of talking about Hayabusa armor and fucking Halo. I know. But that's that's the best example to use because that was time and effort poured into that game of us trying to achieve certain stuff to get that. Just yeah. like in, in the old school days when uh, 
okay, before they had the whole buy me system and everything like that, uh, Tekken, you had to go through Tekken to actually, you had to beat Tekken so many times in order for you to unlock certain characters. You had to go through and beat them at certain points in time. In yeah, it's still like that. And, and then in Tekken 3 and 4, you had to do Tekken Force to unlock certain characters as well, like the um, Dr. Bostanovich. Exactly. So no, it was Bostanovich. God dang, I couldn't even say that name right the first time. <laughs> but, for you to, but for these gaming companies to sit up there and say, hey, now you could just pay for them instead of putting in that hard work and dedicated time that you sold. It cheapens the value of the, of the gear. I, I understand. But, exactly. I, but to me, I think if it's cosmetic, I don't care. Like if it's cosmetic, I just I just keep put that. You can have that microtransaction. I'm never gonna pay for it. But I think um, Destiny again, and I'm I I, I love Destiny, um, and it and it's one of those weird games where I think Anthem is gonna be put in the same boat where it's gonna take a good year or two years for that game to actually come into its own. Um, but Destiny in both iterations had that same kind of life cycle, um, but. Well, the way they do their microtransactions is like they have that little uh, was it Eververse shop, and yeah. you can you can spend your hard earned money bills on some frivolous stuff like dances or uh, uh, shaders, which are like these paints for your armor, or even ships. But you can just do bounties and earn that and get that. You know, what I mean, just level up and just get that. So I would say. For every 30 minutes of play, you can get unlocked for the Eververse once, after you reach a certain level. So once you hit max or level, I think it's level 30 or 20 you hit, um, then Eververse, you'll get an Eververse reward every 30 minutes if you if you plan it like you're supposed to. Exactly. And I think that's fine because none of that affects the gameplay. It just affects how you look. And if you want to look like a pretty bitch, then you can just play the game for 30 minutes at a time and get some pretty bitch shit. <laughs> Well, I mean, th- that is true. I mean, now, like you said, and I agree with you on this, uh, Anthem, it, it's going to take some time. It left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths upon release. It's playing catch up with those who with those who are still being dedicated to play this mm-hmm. game. Like uh, yesterday, I played Anthem. I did their Cataclysm event and everything along those lines. To me, it kind of cleaned up a little bit after their, I guess, like fourth or fifth update to where now you can actually swap out your weapons mid-mission, this, that, and the other. That way you can adapt as the mission goes on versus you go in, you have a, say you have an assault rifle, but you need a sniper rifle and you can't change it out. Now you can do that, which is which is a big plus. That is a feature that should have been dropped day one. But like me and Mike said, with EA and and Bioware being, I guess the proper term would be being in bed together, it's it's not it's not turning out pretty. EA is going to I feel like EA is going to destroy Bioware for everything that it's worth. Instead of just leaving them be and being their own separate entity, I think EA is going to bring down Bioware or it's going to help, it's going to cause them to lose a lot of their supporters. Yeah. 
And like just in, in that same vein, because we already own Anthem, man. And like I said, I want Anthem to be great because that concept is too dope for for it not to be. Um, but it's because it's basically, hey, you want to be Iron Man? You want to ride in a Hulkbuster? Play this game. You want to be a cyber ninja? Here you go. And third person is my favorite perspective to play in the game because I get to see all my, my all my pretty boy shit. But um, that and. And to speak to that just a little bit on a tangent, that's why I stopped playing. That's why I stopped paying or uh, buying or worrying about getting skins for those limited times, like in Overwatch, because I don't ever get to see my character. So what's the point? Um, like, so other people can say, "Hey, you look cool," but they got the same skin. Got my face. Um, but speaking back to Anthem, and you know, like create having creative differences. Uh, just three days ago, it was reported that the lead producer uh, left Bioware for that. And it's just like I, <laughs> I just don't understand. Like it, it's they put they put them in a difficult position. The reason why, and I think his name was Ben Irving, that the producer that he left Bioware. Um, but I think they've been put in a compromising position in which, um, and I spoke of, I spoke to this on the Salt Happens podcast. But they are put in a certain position where this game. No matter what they do, has it goes on their it goes on their resume. If it fails or if it's successful, and because there's so much backlash and so much stuff going on with this, I think it it it's going to tarnish their credibility moving forward. Maybe not for this guy because it looks like he's got another job and he's going to be moving to a whole different company. Um, but he's you know he's given that old that you know that old PR move where it's just like, hey. The game isn't being left in good hands. We know damn well it's not <laughs> right. So when well, you are a lead on a project and you you decide, hey, it ain't it ain't worth it anymore, and you got to move on, you got to cut your losses. It's a telltale sign. Now, once this game drops to ten bucks or go free to play, oh, I'm gonna be in and I'm gonna be the biggest anthem fanboy. But you're not getting my sixty dollars. You ain't even getting thirty from me until they until they fix some stuff. But Ten dollars, I can't deny that. Well, I do want to say this much as far as touching on a tarnished resume and things of, of that nature. It it doesn't take much to blemish a record, yeah. Especially especially in the gaming world, it does not take much to blemish a record. But as far as hiring companies are concerned, what type of service did you do? Let's take a look at your background. Oh, you have a tiny smudge on your record. We'll look past that. Now, I can understand if it's like multiple smudge after smudge after smudge where you're only seeing like bits and pieces of a good resume. But I mean, a tiny one shouldn't tarnish it that much. But again, in the gaming world, the, the, the quality of your game determines on whether or not you potentially could have a job nowadays because so so many people and i myself included in that i am very critical about certain things if the system doesn't load properly or if the game or if the, there's a glitch in the game that is a that, that hinders a major progress in the story this is stuff that you have to look at so it, with Anthem being a prime example and them doing a late start to the Cataclysm event and things of that nature, granted, the guy may be going to another uh, another company, this, that, and the other, but still, that, that leaves a bad taste in my mouth. 
Like if I find out that he's part of another game that I'm really anticipated or that I'm really anticipating, I might hold off on it and see what everybody else says before I actually dive in it myself. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's my apprehension to Anthem is because it's like this game is pretty much on recall. And I'm not going to put my invest my time into something that I know is bad. Because here's how I gauge games, dog. Is this game good enough for me to catch that windy two piece? <laughs> is it good enough to actually have to 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 buy it and deal with the consequences of the what why the hell you buy this conversation? Yeah, that's true. So if if I can justify it by saying, hey, I'm going to invest time into this, then it's not even a discussion. But I'm just buying games to be buying games, dog. That's going to raise questions in my household, and we cannot have that. We cannot have the questions. We will have order. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, hey, man, go ahead. I was going to say, I mean, I understand where you're coming from, and you know how I am. If... If I'm talking about it and I look at it and I review it, like I bought Anthem before you did. Yeah. And I was like, okay, it's it's kind of dope. It's pretty decent. And then when it came out, I was like, mm, you might want to hold off. Yeah. Cause I, I almost had Mike on board. And then after after some of the glitches came, I was like, mm, hold off. Bro, on in the beta, I was suffering through that glitch where all of my sound would fall out. Like, and it, and then on top of that, dude, I had, cause I, and it's not, this isn't even Anthem's fault. This is Black Ops 2. It would, it bricked my PS3. It, it bricked my PS3 twice. And so when I heard Anthem was doing at the PS4s, I was like, oh, hell no. I can't well, afford that. I'm still on my day one edition of PlayStation. That thing be sounding like a plane about to take off. You be like, boop, it'll be. I'm like, oh my God. Speaking of which, I actually found out how to fix that. Wow. You got to get like a powerful, um, because I took it to GameStop and the dude did this for me. So you get you like one of those uh, mini blowers, Mm. open up the whole, like you just open up your hard drive bay, air the shit out of it. Relax. I'm, I'm being dead serious. Air it all the way out, and then from front to back, top to bottom, air it all the way out. I mean, seriously, because it's nothing but dust that's collected up in there. The moment you turn on your PS4 again, you're going to see dust fly out the back of it, and then that's it. Relax. Speaking of GameStop with their old <laughs> whack ass, yo, so there is, uh, we all know, or we should be aware of that there, along with the Switch Lite, and this wasn't on the docket, so I'm going to catch you off guard with this one, Derek. Uh, okay. So the Switch Lite is going to be accompanied by a brand new Switch. We're going to call it a Switch Pro. So it's going to be an updated version of the original Switch with longer battery life and a bigger screen. Mm-hmm. Um, GameStop is offering $75 for is it 75 hold on let me check i'm looking at this article and make sure it's not uh yeah it's 75 bucks for your current one your current switch but here's here's the thing because nintendo's account system is all wonky you have to buy the system outright first bring it home do the data transfer at home 
because they won't do it in the GameStop for you. And then take it back and be like, hey, I want to trade this in, and then they'll get that credit. That's about the most ass-backwards thing I've ever heard of. Like, it really is. That is so ass-backwards. Oh, wait, hold on. Hold on. Did this say 225 in store credit? Ain't no way. Yo, this article is misleading, but hey, either way, there have there's a program being held to. Let me click on this other one. I'm sorry, guys. It's seventy five dollars. Oh, I saw that two twenty five miles and ching ching ching. -ching. <laughs> oh, I see what they're talking about because the the new switch is like three hundred dollars. Yeah, so you would only be paying like two twenty five for it. Yeah, they did the same thing with the the PlayStation thing, the PS four. Mm -hmm. Because I'm thinking like, oh, I could go in and buy uh, a PS, a brand new PS4 if I traded my old one for $25. I was like, all right, I could do that. Now, I get there. They're telling me, no, nah, you're only getting 125 for this. I was like, so I can get that that PS4 right there, right? It was like, yeah, for about like about 110 I was like, nah, you're good. Sense. I was like, <laughs> Like they straight, uh, they were like, "We're sorry that this is misleading." I was like, "You're lucky that." I was like, "You're lucky," because if I was that person, I would have seriously took you out of court just for a misleading ad. Yeah, and here I found the the actual process you have to go through. There's a six step process. Step one: purchase a new switch at GameStop. Keep the receipt. Step two: take the switch. Uh, take the switch home, perform a data transfer. Step three, bring the new switch box and receipt back to GameStop along with the old switch that you want to trade. Step four, receive a full refund for the switch you've purchased. Step five, trade in old switch to receive the 225 credit. Uh, step six, repurchase the new switch using the in trading credit, paying only $75 to make the difference. That's too much. It is too much. That's, that's a little too much. Like, couldn't you, and I know I might hit with me. I don't own a switch just for those who don't know yet. Uh, would it be easy to transfer that shit over to like an external hard drive or something? Can't. Well, I don't know how I feel about that then. <laughs> no. There's the, the only, there's like six steps, man. And the only thing that's missing is to cha cha real smooth, bro. Let me tell you something. If they, <laughs> If they don't get you out of here, bro, with this damn six-step process, I know they're trying to, quote-unquote, help the gamer upgrade. But listen to me, dog. This many steps, one. And two, I, anybody who's got $300 outright just to be just buying a Switch to bring it home. Exactly. Like, <sighs> this, is, this is why I don't fall for the, the promotions anymore when it comes to a console. I'll just come in. And like I said, and like you, like I said last night on Salt Happens, I'm waiting till November 8th. I'm going to go ahead and cop that Pokemon edition, uh, switch light, and just be done with it. I, I don't care if I, can, I can't undock it or have the Joy-Cons, this, that, and the other. If I'm pretty sure that Nintendo is going to have something in place where if something happens to that switch light, that they will go ahead and get it taken care of. And bro, listen. Another thing, they have yet 
to address this damn Joy-Con issue, issue with the exception of you can send it in and be without your Switch for three months while we figure out what's wrong with it. We know what's wrong with it. It's the way it's being manufactured. Fix that first before you start releasing new systems with the same faulty-ass design. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Because <sighs> I'm not even going to lie. I went to Walmart. Yeah, Saturday. And I'm taking like, bro. Yeah, that's but before you before you even go on, this is why I'm telling you, bro. It didn't matter. Like I know you want to get your switch, and I know you want to get it as soon as possible. But I'm 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 begging you. I'm pleading with you. Just wait, bro. Wait until you have enough to afford the like the original switch or the new switch that has those detachable Joy Cons. Because if that left Joy Con goes bad, you can do nothing with the light. There's nothing you can do. You oh just I'm that's what I'm telling you to wait because at least you can just buy a part to get it fixed with the detachable Joy-Con or you can just buy a Joy-Con straight up for seventy dollars though. The part to fix it, quote unquote, fix it is about fifteen bucks, but you got to take the fucking Joy-Con apart. Mm. Well, I mean, shit. It's just it's just I did that with right. the PlayStation. Right, so <laughs> if you can do it with the PS4, you can do it with this. Yeah, I did it with the PS4, and I. I Shit, I've got like extras all over the damn place for my PS4 just in case. Say like the triggers don't work anymore, or say if one of the buttons go bad, I've got parts. So yeah, but I mean, honestly, I, I'm thinking about it. Like I'm really thinking about getting original now that, and I know you saw this on uh, the Crew app where I've got my projector and shit finally mm-hmm. situated the way, bro. That once I get a sound bar, it's over. It's a wrap. I don't care what anybody has to say about that. That is going to be my living room is going to be like the ultimate room because I'm turning that into like a VR space. Man, I'm not talking about VR with you. <laughs> I can't no, stand I'm, the I'm thought of VR. Like Until we get the full dive, like Sword Art Online, miss me with that VR. Nah, I'm I'm, I'm good with that full dive. I don't need that in my life. I do, man. Just tie me up to put a catheter in me, dog. I'm good. <laughs> um, oh, but before God. we move on, because we got a couple of topics we want to get to, let's take a moment and, you know, take a breath. And let's talk about, hey, we appreciate y'all for listening. We really do. Uh, thank yes. you for all the support, both on Role Models and on Salt Happens. And speaking of both of us, um, you can find me at the mighty shields on instagram derek what can they find you uh you guys can find me on instagram and twitter under the same name just dot d3 r r i c k um i'm trying to get more active on my twitter i might have to make a separate account to actually you know put my passion on there gaming movies things along those lines i'm actually looking into a movie uh movie rig and just do like short movies or something along those lines. I'm just looking for people to, to help me out with that. So, but yeah, Instagram, yeah, Twitter under the same name. Yeah. And we getting bigger and better, man. We saw happens. Just got featured on uh, the cross pods website, man. So big ups to them for supporting us. And we just going to get bigger and better, man. We'll keep going. That being said, salt happens has its own Instagram too. At the official salt happens. We are on Twitter. We also have a website, salt Com. If you have any questions about Salt Happens or if you want to uh, reach one of us over there, uh, salthappens at gmail.com. Uh, us, the role models, 
because we are already juggling so many social media handles, we do not have one separate for role models. It's just, hey, Dagger post on his and I post on mine. So you will see us both ways. And, I, and we'll post some on Salt Happens as well, but we are not making another handle right now. Nope. <laughs> and I'm already in my phone enough and I need to get up out of it. So I, the oh, less man. handles. Well, and also, this is something that we've been discussing for quite some time as well. We are trying to do an official meetup of all the guys from the Role Model slash Salt Happens uh, podcast. That way we can do at least some type of special video of everybody meeting each other for the first time and actually possibly do a podcast during that time. That way we can actually experience the salt in first person. Yo, one of us is going to punch one of each other in, in the chest. I feel <laughs> it. Because it's too much pent up. Not necessarily me or you, or me or Yeti, or you or Yeti, or you. Ryan, I think, is going to catch one of these fists. You think so? Because Ryan likes to say some slick shit, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to say something about the wall. fucking chill when we get together. But between Eric and Ryan, yeah, they they, they think they slick. <laughs> I can see it now. Ryan's going to say something real slick, and you're going to give him that uh, that anime death stare. I'm going to slap that DDD <laughs> off his arm. <laughs> nah, but oh, speaking God. of slapping DDDs off arms, bro, did you see this new Tekken character, Leroy Smith? Oh, yes. Um, for Tekken to actually take a move into adding another black character into their game, because that's what we need, this is perfect. And especially yeah. when the guy does uh, Wing Chun. Yeah, I, and yeah, <laughs> I have my feelings about him. And I really do want to play this character. And right now, like I was telling them on uh, Saw Happens, it's like, and we're going to stop referring back to them. Hey, this is what I'm telling you now. I was having a identity crisis as, as to which Tekken character that I want to, like, you know, take seriously in main because I've always played King and Armor King growing up. I dabbled in some gin. Um, I'm messing with Steve Fox. But I've been looking for a character that really speaks to me. Um, Julia is where I'm sitting right now, Julia Chang. But I'm hoping that Leroy will be that, you know, will be that character for me. Um, the thing about Harada, man, and and I have to link, I have to send you the link. Uh, Harada is that dude, man. He tries to he tries to incorporate all different types of cultures into his game, man. And he's very respectful of them. Like, so when I say I'm going to link you to something, so Harada was getting these things, getting these messages on like Twitter from, you know, from black Twitter talking about, oh, you invited to the barbecue, you invited to the cookout. And Harada was like, cause he's Japanese and he's just getting it translated. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. What? <laughs> and so, so black Twitter started getting to him. It's like, Hey, this is a cookout. He's like, Yo, those barbecues and portion sizes are 10 times bigger than what we have in Japan. <laughs> he was a wild. <laughs> Yo, he got so much, he got so much support from the black community, man, cuz this is what we want, man. This is what we need, man. And even though it's, you know, it's a little it's it's a little token. You got the gold chains on, got the sunnies on, uh got the dreads, but hey, man, it was it's respectful, you know what I mean? That's it's a- not it's not Zack from Dead or Alive. No. Or Coltrane from Gears of War. Oh, God. 
granted, I love Gears of War, but Coltrane was a bit much. Like, yeah. if... God. No. Uh, but, like Mike said, I'm, I'm kind of in the, the middle of finding what character best suits me. Uh, mainly, I use Law, because that was the first character that I've ever played on the Tekken when my pops brought it home. Um, Law, and then I've, I've moved kind of towards Steve Fox. Like, me and Steve are kind of like hand-holding, but I mean, if Leroy turns to be out to be that dude, oh, best believe there's there's gonna be content all over the place for this all happens podcast stream, especially for Mike because me and Mike are the biggest comp- competitions that we have against each other. Yeah, uh, I, Mike is Mike is like that milestone that you want to succeed or that you want to surpass at some point, and then you just want to see him surpass you. And like he said, and I'm going to reiterate, I don't want to see, like I said, Mike's my brother. I don't want to see Mike fail in any way, shape, or form. So if I beat him in a game, I'm I'm already expecting him to come back at me 10 times harder. It's just like Goku and Vegeta. Like every time that Vegeta would see Goku surpass him, he's like, nah, bump this. We're going today. We're training right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I think – in that regard, and this is kind of going on top, off topic a little bit, but I, that's why I'm a big fan of fighting games, man, because fighting games humble you in a way because it teaches you how to deal with losses, man. Every time you lose at a fighting game is, is, is because of something that you were doing, unless, unless the, like, the way that the game was created was made to, to break you down, a.k.a. Dark Souls. Uh, <laughs> Dude, I almost broke a window over Dark Souls. I had to. I, <laughs> yo, I, that Xbox 360, I swear it had that anime sweat emote because that, it was a certain area I was trying to get to. And it was early in the game, but I kept dying. And it wasn't like I was missing the thing. It's like you don't get worn to it. If you're fresh in the game, it's like you have to die here to know to not go here. And we'll keep doing it to you unexpectedly. Dude, I. So you know how like when you press the eject button on the Xbox and and the game comes out super slow, yeah. soon as it re- soon as it showed its little sliver of the little disc, I snatched that thing out and I fucking snapped it in two. <laughs> oh god. Oh, I hate Dark Souls, man. And I'm not saying Dark Souls is a bad game. I'm just saying I'm not built for that. But Dark Souls built, is built for a rage quit for a reason. It is built for rage quitters. Well, yeah, and I'm I, built for uh, I'm built for fighting games because <laughs> at least in fighting games it's fair, man. If I lost, it's because I took too many chances. Yes, yes, indeed, yes. And and I'm not going to be ashamed to admit this. Every time that I've played Mike in a fighting game, um, with the exception of a few. I'm not going to name them, but anytime that I fought Mike, it's it's either a level playing field or Mike is just predominantly stomping a mud hole in me. Like I could come in with my best moves, my best tactics. Mike is like, nope, I see through that, and he will he will keep teaching me a lesson of this is what you don't need to do. This is how you go about it. And every time that I've learned, I've gotten better over time, and. Here recently, it was 
we went, I don't know, God, like what, five, six rounds? Mm-hmm. And out of those six rounds I won, I was like, wait, something's not right. And I was like, all right, Mike's going to beat me on this one. Turned up to a win. I was like, all right, I'm done. I'm, I'm, t- I'm taking my wins. I'm stepping away because this doesn't happen very often. Yeah. For, for me to beat Mike in a fighting game that he has been on persistently, mm, yeah. That, and, I'm not, and I'm not claiming neither is Derek, I don't think. We're not claiming that we're the best of the best. We're not tournament-level players. We're just trying to be the best at the barbecue, a.k.a. the best between our friends. And so we'll learn just enough to beat them and maybe beat some people online. But we ain't trying to go MLG. We ain't trying to do tournaments, you know. Hell no. But I, I, I think fighting games are a good are, are a good way to show uh, how your brain works. You can learn a lot from somebody by playing like playing fighting games with them. Yes, that and it's a good way to communicate one because it kind of translates down to like when we play the division and everything like that. We'll come up with our own tactics and be like, "All right, I got left, you got right," or "I'm upstairs, you're downstairs." or there's two on the left, two on the right. Basic communication. And me and Mike, when we play the division, it's pretty much like we're on the same wavelength. Yeah. Like I said, Jaeger pilots already. (laughs) Drift compatible. Because I don't even have to say anything. Mike already knows. We go in, we drop people, and then the next thing you know, we're both coming out at the same time. We're not getting held up by something. If I see Mike about to go down, the first thing I do is I was like, all right, cool. I lob a grenade, start shooting at people, draw their attention. Mike takes off and he'll heal up, and then he'll just start dropping whatever he's got in his arsenal straight on it. And that's pretty much how it's been through Destiny, uh, Division, uh, I can't even think of another game that we've played. Call of Duty, Halo. Call of Duty, Halo. Like, Call of Duty, me and Mike and Call of Duty were two most hated people on any team, even if it was ours, because we would always have the highest kill streaks. Yeah. We get dumb. We we be doing some tag team shit on that. I had to delete those those cantaloupe panties from the Discord because it was distracting me, and I don't want my wife walking in on Ryan being dumb. Shout out to Ryan with your dumb ass. Uh, but getting back on topic, man, yo, it's it's great to see that we're getting so much representation in these games, man, because you got Leroy Smith, mm. who in my head, my head cannon, he's uh, Bruce Leroy from The Last Dragon. Um, <laughs> and then we got Guilty Gear. They had that sexy black man on there with the with the dreads and the 5 o'clock shadow turned into a goddamn samurai. Why he got blue eyes, I don't know. Um, but then a game that's already out, you got Samurai Showdown with Darley Dagger, the, you know, the kind of, uh, pirate lady punch girl, I would call her with the big old saw blade and the dreads and the abs and the fisties. Yeah. I mean, I I know where you're going with this, but I believe it'll, um, but ultimately, yes, I'm liking the representation that they have for, uh, black characters, they're starting to bring that into more perspective because, I mean, not to turn this into a race thing, but it was either predominantly white or 
Asian. You, yep. you didn't see that many black characters in a video game. So for, for black characters to start making that appearance now, that's, that's a big up. For, right, and the one that we got that we thought was black was actually Brazilian. Who? Eddie Gordo. Yeah. I had some serious questions about that because I thought, I seriously thought that he was black a hundred percent. And then he was doing a break dancing and stuff. That Capoeira. And all that pork, that Portuguese, I don't like, (laughs) (laughs) but man, the future is looking bright for fighting games in general in 2020, man. But you know, speaking of the future in 2020, we know we know we're on this cusp of the next generation of gaming consoles, right? Yes. I know you are hard, you got a hard on for these damn PlayStations. Mm-hmm. I am I am independent in this regard. I'm neither Xbox nor PlayStation. I just want to go where I know the games are going to be. Right. So when I chose the PS4 this time around, well, one, Xbox One was talking that slick shit, talking about, oh, we're going to have DRMs on our games. And, like, if, uh, you, one, you can't buy pre-owned games anymore, and, two, you can't uh, share games with your friends. Now, I don't see anything wrong with being able to not use pre-owned games um, just because it'll put, it'll put GameStop out of business. <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. <laughs> but uh, I think I can't have my cake and eat it, too, because I do, like – if my little brother wants to play a game that I've been playing, hey, play Persona 5, I could just hand him off the disc, but with the DRM, that wouldn't be allowed. Right. And no, I know they're I mean, trying to make their money too, but, you know, at some point, it takes the 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 community aspect out of it a little bit, and it's not like we're going and it's like, hey, play this game, and we send it around to 25 people. We maybe have one to two people that we want to share this game with. Shit. Okay. Best example, Nintendo, Super Nintendo, when you were that little kid that had, say, Contra or Super Mario Brothers and everything like that, and say your next door neighbor or your best friend at school is like, I've never got to play it. You can just hand it over to them. They play it. They get their fulfillment out of it. They bring it back to you. Right. And for Xbox to sit up there and say, well, nope, we're going to take those golden years that you experienced as a child. We're going to rip those from your mind and you're going to have to, uh, that person's going to have to go out and buy the game. Whereas Sony was like, you know what? Hey, if that means that we can put more money in somebody else's pocket, go ahead, share the game. That way, when it comes back and they make their little bit of money, we make a little bit of money too. So we're not going to, we're not going to limit that. Wrong about that. I don't think that's a wrong direction to go to. I just think it's the gamers, aren't ready for this yet. It was too abrupt, you know? Yeah. Like, that that will be the future. Believe it or not, that's that's how games will be eventually, because that's how it is on PC. Uh, but I, I just think that as far as, like, consoles, consoles are concerned, and I know we're considering PC a console in these days and age, but I'm talking about, like, like consoles that you put on your TV, and I know you can put them PC on the TV, and you're like, man, shut up with your PC Master Race bullshit. Um, but I just know that when you get to these, you know, PlayStations and Xboxes and stuff, man, a lot of this, a lot of these are used in a family setting, you know? So like, say for instance, Super Smash Bros on the Nintendo, uh, Switch, 
my best friend Tom has that, and so we went. I went over his house and we played that. And I brought my, you know, I brought my switch and my controller over there. And you know, if he wanted to do that, he could bring it over our house. But if that DRM was in place, the only way I would be able to do that is if I just, you know, strap a controller in, you know, and play against him, you know, that way. And I mean, not everybody's close enough. Like me and Derek won't have the ability to do that because we're not local. You know what I mean? Yeah. But and I mean, in in my thing about it is this. When actually looking at how things are being shaped as far as the console wars is concerned, this very well might be the last console war that you will actually hear about for a while. Because you keep saying that. I, I feel that it is, bro. I really do. Because look at it. PlayStation's already moving over to PlayStation now. They've already got a streaming service with all the games. But it's trash. Granted, but Xbox is doing the same thing. And I but think the sure. only console, I think the only console that's still going to be around is Nintendo because Nintendo is smart. They're like, hell, if we continue to make what we make, we're, we're, we're set. If the other two competitors, Xbox, PlayStation, just completely stop selling consoles, you're going to see a drastic drop in those games. Whereas with Nintendo, it's going to be like, hey, I've got a new Nintendo console. I'm just going to go ahead and play that. Yeah. Nintendo's going to be like, I'm going to be making money, regardless of if YouTube drop or not. And they're sticking with that same formula. Make something that the players will love, not something that the players will just buy. Yeah. Yeah, make, make, uh, make this Love Joy-Con not break. How about that? <laughs> That's that's really keeping me from. That's really keeping me from letting it be like me, accepting the fact that it's the goat right now. But I like you. Fixes Joy Con. (laughs) He's being serious, Nintendo. Fix the Joy Con. Um, I'm so serious. He he is super serious. For those who don't know, I I am on the. Like I stated before, me and Mike drift compatible. I could tell the man's fury because it was bubbling on the inside. And it's it's to the point to where he will let the cup runneth over and somebody's gonna catch either all the hands or the largest package of whatever he decides to throw in there. So just saying. Just yeah, and it's it's it troubles me because I think because of the sales are so high. And and how well it's doing that it's the least of their concerns, you know. Uh, and I think that can really keep it from being going down in history as you know the greatest, you know, not only handheld console but just console in general. But who knows, you know? I'm just a I'm yeah, just a I'm just guy. a gamer, you know. I, I'm not in that. I'm not in that conference. They, they need to have people like us but, in that uh, room. They really do. That that would yeah. make a lot of difference. Just, just, yeah. I think they with them with Reggie kind of retiring. I think that's gonna be uh it's gonna be a long time yeah, before we get true. somebody else like Reggie in there. Damn you, Reggie! <laughs> All right, but hey, man. Anything uh, else you want to hit? I think we do need to have a. I, I'm 
I'm going to talk to Mike about some of this stuff, but I, I feel like we do need to have an anime segment where we do like a review of an anime, even if it's just me doing the review, at least something to keep everybody yeah. on the up and up on what they should be watching or what they could be watching or what's coming up. Um, I've got access to multiple anime streaming apps, uh, Funimation, Crunchyroll. Um, I've even like, I'm, quote unquote using Amazon Prime uh videos and they've got some pretty good animes on there that bro that I'm I I put that on my PlayStation because I have Amazon Prime but I put that on my PlayStation just so I can watch Vinland Saga that's about well, to be Well one anime that you need to watch I think you might like it Beatless That is a good anime Hmm. It is from what I've seen so far. It, it is it's deep. It's science fiction. It's got your mech battles, but it's well. I put it like this: you've got android fights, and it it's catching my attention. So, Beatless is one anime that I'm watching now. Um, along with that, that Cannon Buster, which I love already. Um, Mike has been waiting for this anime for quite some time. He's even uh, funded. He put some funding towards that. So yeah. hopefully he can see his money put to work as far as this anime is concerned. It's really good. You guys need to watch it. Um, like I said, hopefully that can be a small segment before we close out um, at least one or two episodes in. And yeah, yeah keep you guys posted. So just a quick rundown of like what I'm watching right now, and I guess we can kind of end it there. Um, I'm watching a bunch of anime right now, so I'm only gonna give you my my Crunchyroll playlist. So I'm watching, I'm trying to finish up Twin Star Exorcist, Doug. I'm so far deep in that, like I'm on episode 43. I feel like at this point I just gotta keep going. I I'm not really in love with it. Overlord, um, let's see, Radiant, which is eh, it's okay. It's okay. But if you're like, if you're on the fence about anime, this is like a little like cookie cutter anime you can watch. Hinomaro Sumo. Watch that anime. I will say there's a lot of sports animes out right now that are cooking, bro. And Hinomaru Sumo is one of them. Um, Triple S, no, it was a, no, it's. SSS Gridman, yeah, that that's watch that. Oh, that's a, I, I watched this that one. That one dope. That's heat. Um, Doctor Stone, we all know, is pretty good. Attack on Titan, which I'm yeah. starting to get back into. This one's a little bit weird, but if you into like that lowly that lowly stuff, man, Saga of Tanya the Evil. I watched that. You that, talking about ruthless? That, that anime ruthless. has money. They have uh, mega money, and the story is on point. Yeah. Blood Blockade Battlefront, that one's pretty good. Like it, um, loved it. You want to talk? Okay, so I'm going to give you, I'm going to give my sleeper pick right now, my sleeper anime pick right now, and I think Derek and I will agree on this, and we could probably end the podcast here. If you are not, if you like One Punch Man, if you like One Punch Man and you think that's a good anime, I know season two kind of fell off, but it did that in the manga too because they it was such a buildup, but that's neither here nor there. If you like One Punch Man and you like the animation style, you need to watch Mob Psycho 100. Yes. Yes, indeed. I, mm -hmm. I 100% agree with that. 
Mob Psycho 100 is such a sleeper, and I think people just see like the drawings on the you know like on the cover or whatever, and kind of assume that's like that's how this anime is. It's a it's an anime about uh, psychics or espers, and he is one of the strongest, but he doesn't know this. So, and it's all about his adventures working with somebody that's not an esper, but who's pretending to be. Dude, I, when I tell you the animation one is on point. Two, the comedy is on point, and three, the emotion is on point. It you gotta watch this anime, man. You you really do because the action action sequence, especially when they get into the Esper fights, bro. Yeah. This is it takes me back to Dragon Ball Z day. And what's really really good about this anime um, is that it it, go, it speaks to different levels of uh, the type of pre- people or person that you are, like. I know a lot of people struggle with uh, self-identity and, you know, loving oneself and knowing who they really are. And it delves into that because of the type of, you know, the world we live in, the type of world that Mob, the main character, lives in. And I think it's a good anime to get into. And I need to actually tell Eric Darks to watch that anime. Dude, I know when he when he hits 100%. In that little animation that it shows with him, (laughs) yes, that and then he does. There was one episode where he sat up there and the whole screen flashes white. You see his question marks. Oh God! But you see his silhouette. His hair is going all over the place like he's about to go Super Saiyan, and his eyes just flash red for like a good couple seconds. Yeah, that right there was enough to sell me. Yeah, because it's good. It's really good, man. Oh, but it's worth it. But, they throw yeah. it back at this at this animation studio, man. They like they like the style that they do, so they're gonna keep pouring money and people watch it. So watch Mob Psycho. But uh, other than that, man, you got anything else to throw out? Uh, well, I'm gonna take a page from your book. Uh, drink that water. Stay hydrated. It's still summertime. It's gonna be hot. You know. Stay. Yo. Quench your thirst. Quench your thirst. <laughs> this is Mighty Shields and, and Derek the Kid signing out, man. Y'all be good. Deuces. Deuces.